0: Rework is brought to you by Basecamp. Basecamp is the all-in-one toolkit for working remotely. Remote work is especially challenging when stuff spread out across emails, file services, task managers, spreadsheets, chats, and meetings. Things get lost, you don't know where to look for stuff, and people put the right information in the wrong place. But when it's all together in Basecamp, you'll see where everything is, understand what everyone's working on, and know exactly where to put the next thing everyone needs to know about. Check it out for yourself at Basecamp.com.
1: We try not to talk over a crying baby. It's okay. If they're crying, they're crying, right? We're, we're not trying to stop
2: anybody and we take our time. Nancy Mork is the Chicago-based director of the Fussy Baby Network. It's a grant-funded program run out of the Erickson Institute, a graduate school in early childhood development. The Fussy Baby Network operates a free phone service that they call a warm line, not a hotline, to help families whose infants seem to be crying a lot or having trouble sleeping.
1: We're there during this really tough time when they have this baby who is different than their friend's baby it's crying a lot, Is unsettled, maybe doesn't sleep like their friend's babies sleep or like the books say they should sleep. And parents end up feeling so defeated and like failures by the time they call us. So we spend upwards of two, sometimes three hours with the family. Our hope is to really tap into the parents' own intuition and their
2: own sense of who their baby is. And until recently, Nancy and her team of infant specialists were doing home visits. Those visits were priced on a sliding scale from zero up to $40. When shelter-in-place started in Illinois and elsewhere, the Fussy Baby Network switched its in-person consultations to virtual house calls and waived all fees. This has been such a hard time for families who
1: were expecting maybe the parent to come in and help them with this new baby, and that didn't happen. The childcare plans, all of that is out the window. So we have Zoom visits that are available, and it's really meant to be for any any parent who's just, this has just been tough, and they're needing somebody to listen and be there and hear how hard this has been. We're trying to be as creative as we can
2: and reach out in ways that we never in a million
1: years imagine
2: we would be doing. Hello, and welcome to Rework, a podcast about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Waylon Wong.
0: And I'm Sean Hildner. We've been doing stories about how small businesses are adapting to the pandemic, and today's episode is about companies that cater to families and children.
2: Life has changed for pretty much everyone, and some of these changes have been especially difficult on households with kids. I'm an adult who feels more like a fussy baby these days, you know, wanting to eat all the time, sleeping poorly, and bursting into tears at the slightest provocation.
0: When this all started, it was hard to imagine that schools would be closed for the rest of the academic year, that visits with grandparents and regular caregivers would be off-limits, that even playgrounds and public parks would be roped off. And it's not just parents that feel this pressure— Brick-and-mortar businesses that serve those families are trying to figure out how to survive and how to help customers who need more help than ever these days.
3: My name is Shannon Marenstein. I'm the founder and creative director of Hatch Art Studio, and I'm also the author of a book called Collage Workshop for Kids.
2: Hatch Art Studio has a storefront in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania that offers classes and open studio time for children. Shannon opened the brick-and-mortar location in 2016, the day after her oldest child turned one.
3: We kind of quickly honed in on younger children, 18 months to five years or so, because we found that those were the families who were still home during the day, during the week, and really interested in finding ways to meet up with each other and provide really exciting, messy, fun art programming um, to their children without having to do it at home you know, we always remind families who inevitably try to help with cleanup that, you know, it's on us and their child can explore with their whole body if they want to and not, not to worry about that at all. Yeah, I've been really proud of our growth year over year. And right before this Happened, we were in the process of looking to purchase a building for our space and make a permanent home and sort of shift our focus slightly toward a more formal experience where, you know, we were hoping to continue to offer our classes, but also open a creative preschool program as well.
2: Shannon had exciting plans for her company, not wild, outsized dreams fueled by venture capital investment, but achievable ones that fit the kind of business she wanted to build. This was also the case with Omawali Cassell. In 2015, he co-founded Digital Adventures, a company that teaches kids as young as kindergarten how to code and build things with technology. He'd had a taste of the stereotypical startup life in a previous job and wanted to run his business differently.
4: When we, we thought about investment and we thought about. How do you really want to build a company that's going to be enduring? You know, the investment, I think, is interesting, but it kind of forces you to be on a a certain path. And we didn't really think that we had to almost get on like that go, 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 growth, growth, growth. There's a lot of rush to perform and rush to get things right. And since we wanted to basically run this company forever, we kind of traded off that, you know, growth, 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 for you know, let's be methodical, let's be systematic, let's be thoughtful. We have decided to bootstrap. I think that it it forces us. It constrains us. It's got to be profitable. It's got to be, you know, focused on getting customers in the door. It's got to be sustainable.
2: Is your company profitable?
4: We were. (laughs) We were.
2: Digital Adventures has three studios in the Chicago area and in normal times had a few hundred kids taking classes every week.
4: The in-person is kind of the, the foundation of everything that we've always done. Uh, we wanted to make sure that when kids came in, that there is an instructor that was guiding them through the projects. We wanted to make sure that they saw other peers who were interested and excited about this. And when a kid gets, up. You really want an instructor to kind of come and look over your shoulder and say, hey, you know what, maybe you should look at this. So the the in-person thing was something that we always prioritized. And then we have a, a showcase event that's at the end of the season where students can kind of come together, show off their projects. It's our biggest event of every quarterly period. And so we were in the, the final stages of planning for that, which was going to occur on uh, March 15th. We made the, the decision to Suspend the, the showcase for sure on March 15th, and we actually suspended our classes that same week, even before the, the order came out to, to shut down schools and to uh, shutter non-essential businesses.
2: The shutdown in Illinois also coincided with spring break for many schools in the area, which meant Omawali couldn't run the in-person programs he had planned for that period.
4: We refunded everyone who had registered for the, the spring break camps. We sent them a note and said, you know, we're sorry, we're not going to be able to, to run the camp this week. You know, we're, we're suspending operations at our studios. You know, we had started to have kind of the inkling of an idea around, let's switch over to an online program. So we just kind of put like a little teaser in there to say, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at online options and we'll we'll follow up.
2: In Pittsburgh, Shannon Maron's scene had to close her business to the public, meaning no more kids art classes or drop in studio time. As the only person left manning the physical space, she started packaging materials she already had on hand at the store.
3: We really ramped up production on some of our kits that we had been prototyping this year anyway. So it comes with like plasticine and wax string, which are great for modeling. It comes with uh, materials for collage, loose parts for just building and playing, small sketchbook, you know, open-ended Kit That families could use over and over again versus a sort of like one off craft kit where you make a thing and it's done. We sold out of those really quickly. And it's actually been really fun just brainstorming new kits to send home with our local families and we've started shipping also. I've sort of been using it like a, a challenge for myself to create fun kits for families. I'm using the things that we already have in the studio and ordering as minimally as I can. I mean, everything just is happening as fast as as I can make it happen, you know, turning over the website to be less focused around the in-person classes that we have and more focused on our retail offerings and the kits that we're making and links to a a couple of video classes that I've done. On Saturdays, I've been doing a local pickup on our yellow bench, which is outside of the studio and seeing how excited their kids are to come pick up their supplies. That gives me a lot of hope.
2: Coming up with an alternative means of revenue as quickly as possible was also a priority for Omowale at Digital Adventures, who had just refunded all of his deposits for spring break camps and knew more outflows were coming.
4: You know, how do you save a business that has depended on physical retail spaces since that- 2015 and we're a small team and so like we've made commitments to our team members in terms of compensation we still got rent due at three locations, we've still got utilities so like for us it's pretty important that we honor our commitments because we know that we're going to come out of this on the other side and you know we don't want landlords upset at us, we don't want team members upset at us. What we wanted to try to figure out is like is there something that we can do leveraging our strengths and what people have told us that they've appreciated about us over the years. Um, what we Pretty quickly came to is why can't we figure out a way to live stream our curriculum with our real instructors? Can we get you know a group of students into a virtual room and have them still interacting, still engaging? We're gonna have to you know make sure that it's live, right? We didn't want to do video. We wanted to make sure that that human element and that interaction was still there. Could we figure out a way to remain true to the things that we think have been special about our in studio experience and translate that into an online version?
2: Omawali and his team came up with a basic version of an online learning system and had his kids try it out before opening it up to customers. Our
4: instructors, they had to get used to an all new platform. So we're using uh, live streaming or the, the video conferencing through Zoom. And so you almost become this maestro or like mission controller where you're, you know, Managing participants, you know, you're managing the, the people raising their hands, you're controlling volume, you're trying to share screens, so you're having students share screens. And so we were able to get something out there. And, you know, like my partner always says that, you know, nothing ever survives the, the first interaction with uh, a customer. And so, you know, we're, we're iterating constantly, right?
2: Today, Digital Adventures is running live classes every weekday, and there's so much demand that they're looking to add weekend classes and hire more instructors. Subscriptions range from $25 to $105 a week. They switched from monthly to weekly pricing to offer flexibility to families whose finances might be in flux. Omawali is feeling grateful that Digital Adventures' small size and bootstrap structure has given the company flexibility, too
4: you know if we were at 5 or 10 locations at this point i think that the the change would have been a lot harder the hurdle to overcome in terms of like rent compensation and utilities like it might have been too great but because we have kind of like a, a small enough hurdle to overcome each month i think we are able to continue building and continue you know meeting the needs of customers i think that we'll be able to uh, maintain the commitments that we were able to having the the brick and mortar operation so that's very uh, satisfying to us
2: Hatch Art Studio is in a different situation than Digital Adventures. Their in-person classes get messy and they require materials. They're also geared toward younger kids who need more supervision. This is all challenging to translate to a virtual environment.
3: My main focus since we began um, is writing this weekly guide uh, with my friend Bar Ruchi, and she Runs a pretty popular children's art blog called Art Bar Blog. So, we've been writing a weekly guide for families who are learning at home. We provide families with a five day schedule, really, that begins with like a special morning ritual together, easy to pull off art activity, a play activity that's connected to the art making. And then an afternoon ritual to kind of like round out the day this week. Kids are going to be doing a flower pounding um, activity where you dye fabric um, using just flowers you find around the neighborhood. Really trying to focus on things you can get in your backyard if you have one or around the block. And things that you already have in your home. So, yeah, very basic, simple materials. But it's fun to open people's eyes to just how much you can accomplish with just, you know, really simple materials and processes. The first three weeks, we offered the guide for free. Uh, Weeks four through six so far, we've asked people to contribute $5 for the guide.
2: The guides and the packaged art kits are helping Shannon and her business muddle through for now, too. Although $5 for a weekly guide is nowhere near the revenue she was bringing in before. Plus, she's competing against a huge array of free art resources already available online. This summer presents another big test for survival.
3: I think a lot of our our families, both locally and, you know, the families that I'm connected to on social media want to see us and want want to see what Hatch is producing, I think they find value in the ideas that we're offering. And I just try to strike a balance between, you know, offering lots of suggestions and ideas for free, and then also trying to stay afloat during this time. And we are taking in like 80 to 95% less than we typically would. You know, I had been sort of hoping and wishing that summer would be as normal as possible. But I kind of feel like it might not be so. And I had been really worried early on that, you know, if we couldn't offer a physical camp that we might not even exist anymore after the summer Offering that many refunds would definitely make us have to shut our doors permanently. So something that I did last week, I emailed all of our families who are already currently registered for camps, and a lot of those camps were already full. I emailed families and just asked if anyone would be open to hearing some ideas that I had about camp and kind of giving me some feedback about it. I I just feel it's so important to stay connected to the people who make your business possible. I think I did like 50 phone calls last week, you know, with my kids and their kids. One thing we're considering doing is packing up all of our local families' art supplies, creating a guide for the week, and then meeting with the children in the morning and potentially in the afternoon also to sort of introduce the project for the day and check in and try to build community, you know, and just have that social component and try to offer them the projects in a way that children will be able to do them independently as, you know, as
2: independently as possible. Being creative, resourceful, and invested in a process, not just an end result, are values that we try to teach children. They're good reminders for adults too.
3: Even if they're not communicating to us directly, that they're feeling moved by this experience. I I think that young children will tell us in many different ways about how they're feeling, especially process art, which is just, you know, art that focuses on the experience and less on, on the sort of final product. I think that process art for young children can be so powerful as an expressive outlet it just feels good. It feels good to, you know, get messy and paint. It feels good to squish Play-Doh and it feels good to splash around in water. I think that for families who are grappling with staying at home with their children for so long, you know, the sensitivity to how kids might be feeling about it might wear off a little bit because it can be really hard to be trapped at home. Art can be a way to connect with your child. It can be a way to open up new conversations that might be hard to have. And I I think that it's just a it's a really good way for children to bond
1: with their their parents and caregivers. I think babies are incredible. We often don't give them enough credit for how amazing they are, they pick up so much from us on some level. It's not to add pressure to any parents, right? I mean, we can't help how we're feeling, but I I would imagine that babies are picking up something. They can pick up how we're, how we're doing, essentially, you know, and how we're feeling, I think on some level they they have an idea that maybe this isn't the what they were expecting to come into, you know. I know that that there's some worried and stressed parents out there, and want them to know, you know, essentially we're here, and that this is hard. It really is.
4: Something for me that's been you know super super essential is that my youngest, so I have a, a seven year old because I've been working from home a lot more or with them being there, like normally they're at school. So he actually made a, a dad visit schedule where he basically he comes in like every, you know, thirty to forty minutes on a, a schedule and, you know, gives me a, a hug and a kiss and then he he goes right back out. And so I think that maintaining that emotional contact uh, with the family, I think it's super, super important. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself. It's easy to kind of say, oh, you know, I can't believe this is happening, even though it's totally outside of everyone's control. But I can kind of figure out how to come out on the other side of things much stronger, just based on like how you lead through a difficult time.
3: Recently, I shared a project idea from the guide on Instagram, and a mom sent a picture She said, my kids were not into this project at all, but I was, and I ended up painting all of this bark that I found outside with watercolors. And it was so inspiring to me. And so I started actually just doing like a little like paint doodles in my own sketchbook again, which I haven't done for probably a decade. Um, But that has been like a really nice way to unwind, even for like 10 minutes. I just tell myself, like, I'm only going to paint for as much paint as I have on this little palette. And then once it's gone, then the painting is over for the day. And that has been really nice. And my kids have sort of like watched me do that also and, um, you know, asked to join in, which is great too.
0: Rework is produced by Waylon Wong and me, Sean Hildner. Music for the show is by ClipArt.
2: You can find the Fussy Baby Network on Facebook at facebook.com slash network. Their warm line is at 888-431-BABY. Digital Adventures is at digitaladventures.com, where you can check out their schedule of online classes for kindergarten through eighth grade. Hatch Art Studio is at hatchpgh.com, and you can find links to their weekly guide and other art ideas for kids on their Instagram, which is at hatchartstudio. Shannon's book is called Collage Workshop for Kids, and it's a collaboration with the Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art in Amherst, Massachusetts. You know Eric Carl, the Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar?
0: I do. Of course. Yeah. Love that book.
2: Classic. You can find Collage Workshop for Kids on bookshop.org, which supports independent bookstores, or call up your local indie and ask them if they have the book in stock. We'll put these links in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at rework.fm.
0: If you want to call our warm line with a message or question, we're at 708-628-7850. And you can always find us on Twitter at Rework Podcast. Rework is brought to you by Basecamp. Basecamp is the all-in-one toolkit for working remotely. You may be wondering how you'll quickly transition your team to remote work. People are stressed, work feels scattered, projects are slipping, and it's tough to see and manage everything. With Basecamp, everything will be organized in one place. Your team will be working together, even though they're physically apart. You'll be on top of things, and a sense of calm will set in. Check it out for yourself at Basecamp.com.
2: There's literally yellow caution tape around the playgrounds in a park. Oh, no. It's really depressing. (laughs) That's so sad. It's so sad. (laughs) Well, it's like they just had to do it because when they just issued a guideline being like, don't go to the park, like, guess what? Most
0: people went. It was
2: like chock full of people and kids who were like touching all the equipment. You know what I mean?
0: People are idiots, (laughs) Wayland.